It's the final week of February, which means we are very nearly back where we belong. And after five Charlie Cameron goals last Thursday night in Springfield, it looks like the Lions might be ready to pick up right where we left off as well. Today on The Raw Deal, we've got the full review of the first practice match against the Suns, as well as a look ahead to this Thursday's hit out against the Swans down in Sydney. Plus, as opening round draws closer, we'll begin to cast our vision a little bit further ahead to next Friday night's match against Carlton. As we kick things off today, though, it is Dom Faye and Mike Whiting here for The Raw Deal with you, as always, for the first time since our live episode with Chris Fagan just a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, Mike, I, I feel like we're still basking a little bit, to be honest, in, uh, in, in how wonderful that night was. Yeah, back in the Raw Deal studio. Yep. Uh, a couple of weeks later, but a week and a half or so after Fags, which was yeah, I'm I'm still basking in it for sure. And going to the I went to the club season launch last week and got quite a few people coming up and mentioning it. Um, quite a few people from within the club and from outside the club as well. So I think we got some pretty good traction with that, didn't we? I know I know when we walked away from it, we were stoked with how it went, and mm. mainly comes down to Fags and <laughs> yes, and yes. how uh, like accepting he was of the whole concept wasn't he like he embraced mm. he embraced the whole thing like from initially agreeing to do it yeah and then coming in and just being so open and so funny and so engaging so uh, yeah it still brings a smile on my face now oh, it, it was one of those things which is yeah, i think a couple of years ago maybe even five years ago when we started the podcast for the club what well, that's actually more like seven years ago now gosh time's a scam oh, isn't it i know what a thing anyway <laughs> I, I remember in some early conversations saying i feel like I feel like we could create some really cool sort of inner sanctum experiences mm. for us and for fans. And, and, and it sort of felt like, um, a dream realized a little bit. And, uh, and I hope a beginning as well. I mean, I think it was a bit of a proof of concept that, yeah. that these things can really be a lot of fun for everyone involved. So if, if there's someone you'd love to come along to a live podcast with, shoot us a message. You never know. We can see what we can organize over time. I, I've already heard from a few people who were there that, um, Luke Hodge and Lee Matthews would both bank pretty great in our person live podcast guests. I wonder so, what, where, where, where do we rank those on? Is in who's ahead? Do you yeah. Mean, who's ahead? Like, I don't know. Uh, who's be hard, harder who, to get? That's what I'm thinking. Who's harder to get? Yeah. Oh, that's a tough one, isn't it? It's they're, they're, they're kind of, I reckon we'd have a better chance well, with Lee yeah, because we've had we've him had before. Him. And I've got his phone number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I can pester I got, him. We can get him from both I got, angles. I've got Hodgies. So there we go. We could, yeah, <laughs> but who knows? Maybe maybe Give down the go. track. But Give it a go. I know that I think Fags had a good time. Yeah. I know he was asking people at the club the next day that came in and watched, how, how do you think I went? Was I okay? <laughs> was <laughs> so, he? Yeah, he was. <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> when he got into doing some Carl Barron stand-up gear, that was a highlight. He's a <laughs> yep. pretty good delivery, Fakes. It was good. Not bad with the delivery, but I think I think the thing that – and you're 100% right. He totally bought into the mm. the authenticity. And, and I, I, I know it, it's an interesting one. I, I think I've spoken to you about this in the um, aftermath, Mike. But when we started doing uh, versions of this podcast a decade or so ago, often you'd get a player or a coach on. And, and I used to have this mindset that this interview – is kind of, it's almost an interrogation. Like you have information. I'm going to, in this interview, try to get that information out of you. So I'm going to know, I want to know who's going to be in the 22. I'm going to, I want to know mm. who's going to be, you know, pushing in the reserves, who's going to resign, all these sorts of things. And I think the longer you're in the game, the more you get more interested in the human side of things totally. rather than the, just the crumbs of information. It's actually the humanity and the, the authenticity of that connection, that that's what you really hunger for. And the one thing I thought with Fags was, you know, there, there was probably only 
maybe two, three, four um, brand new pieces of information shared on the night that were kind of like, wow, like mm. the why Dev Robertson stayed, for example. Mm. That was like a wow moment. But the humanity and the storytelling and the sense of being connected on the journey with him, that was that's really what it's all about, I think, for me, for you and, and for, for our Raw Deal family. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think certainly the 130-odd people that came, and I'm not sure how many listeners we've had listen to that episode, but the the thousands of people that have listened, tens of thousands. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the people that listened, I'm sure m- most people ha- have heard Chris Fagan talk, right? They've got yeah. a pretty good idea of what sort of character he is. He's been at the club for mm. seven years going into season eight. Is that right? Yep. Um, but also, I, I don't think in that setting, I wouldn't say he let his guard down, but I think we got a better appreciation of why the players love him so much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he even throws in jokes. He said he'll always stick up for his players, and people know that. But when you hear him in a broader setting like that, and mm. I think he, I think that setting, I'm not trying to psychoanalyze Fags too much, but that almost worked for him. That sort of 100, 130, that little setting was quite intimate for those of us that were there. And uh, I think he felt comfortable there and um, mm. it produced some great content for us and and I'm sure it was great content for the listeners. Oh, it, it was really just one of the special nights of my mm. life, to be completely mm. honest with you, Mike, and, and I, I can't wait to do it again. So, look, thank you so much to those who came out. Thanks so much to those who've listened. Uh, and another massive thanks to Chris Fagan for agreeing to join us for it and and hopefully we can do it again uh, in some capacity um, in all that lies ahead because it was such a, a special experience. And mm. and we should also mention if you've got, you know, if you know a Lions fan who isn't a Raw Deal listener yet, it's a great jump in episode. Send them that one yeah, and uh, and get them to listen to an hour and a bit with Fags because, um, you know, it's already, I think, our most listened to episode since the, uh, the, the emergency pod that we'd made the grand final. Mm. So it's the most listened to since then. But um, it'd be a great one to, for any Lions fan i think to get a, a real sense of chris fagan the man it's funny obviously i work for the afl i work for the afl website and one of the uh i guess goals of the afl is to spread the game in the northern markets right mm. it's probably something we've heard of for 10 years or 12 years since the suns have come into the competition we want to we want the game to grow in the northerns and it certainly has gr- grown up here but i feel like that with our podcast mm. like there's so many people that are fans of the lions that we would love to get our content to mm. like we're passionate obviously uh about uh informing entertaining trying to get that out there so if you guys can help us we, you know we think that'd be great and this is this is this is a great way in to yeah. get to know your club's coach a bit better and if you haven't heard him talk at length before this is a great way to start off and just so rare to hear an, an AFL coach uh, in that format. I was thinking this afterwards, how many times in history have you been able to hear an hour and a bit of, of an AFL coaching conversation mm. like that? It's it's not often that you nope. get to hear it. I can't remember ever hearing Michael Voss or Justin Lepich do it at their time at the club. I can't remember. I mean, I, I don't follow all the media other clubs put out, but I can't recall he seeing this with another coach historically. So it is a, a bit of a rare gift. And um and yeah, I think, I think the good thing is, Mike, and the good thing for the whole Royal Deal family is, Fags had a good time, so uh, we can. I think he'll be warm and open to the possibility of doing it again. Yeah, I hope so. And obviously, things that make things that would keep this special is the mm. infrequency of it to yes. some extent. Yes. We want to keep these a special and a, a rare occurrence. But mm. if Brisbane was to go all the way this year, or maybe next preseason, like you feel like they're good openings for us in the future. Mm. Now, our, our website does try and catch up with every coach through the preseason. 
not going to quite get there, I think, this preseason. But we do have those chats, and they're about half an hour chats. But they are a bit different to the one we had with Fags. We do try and – and I every journo has got a different tact with these things. I spoke mm. to Damien Hardwick. We've got our guys in Melbourne speaking to a, a handful of different coaches. Damien Barrett for us spoke to Fags this year, and, and everyone's got a different idea when they go into those interviews. But generally – to your earlier point, you are trying to get a little more information at that stage because mm. it's a bit more footy focused and the season's here and what's different and what's changed and what can we look for. And whereas last week with us or a couple of weeks ago now with Fags was, as you so rightfully put, just that little bit more humanitarian side of him and, yeah, yeah. and, and showed that, yeah, that human side and that side that the players and that the fans have grown to love. What, what do you reckon our odds would be, Mike, of getting Joe Danaher to do one of them? <laughs> oh. Um, oh I mean, Joe Danaher I'm just for an hour to think, and a half. I'm just trying to imagine yeah. how we'd actually get that over the line. <laughs> well, I'd, I mean, obviously, my instant reaction is to say almost no chance. Yeah, it'd be fascinating, it though, would wouldn't be, it? Yeah, it'd be fascinating. It I, I don't be. know. Maybe wallet pipe dream. It's good to have a pipe dream you aim for. Yeah, long term. Have hey? to be in his setting. Um, well, look, we've got plenty to get through on the the episode today. Uh, we've got one match to review, two matches to preview, uh, a heap of your questions to get through. But um, I, I just kind of want to um, begin by casting our vision ahead because it sort of hit me. We're recording, as always, on, on Monday afternoon. And, and it hit me as I woke up today. The Lions play next Friday night. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. It was Are like, you? Yes. Yeah, it was almost... You're conscious of it all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like a little punch to the face. It's like I was chatting to someone this morning saying they're playing. I was chatting to my partner saying they start next weekend. Yes. (laughs) Not even next weekend. It's next Friday, Friday week. And I know it is a week or so earlier than usual because of um, obviously the the opening round, but but it it feels a few weeks early Mm. for me. Normally at this time of year, and I think there's a few things in this, but normally at this time of year, the anticipation slowly builds and then suddenly footy's there and and you, you can't wait for it. But I think this year, because it's early, it still is so bloody hot up here. Oh, my God. <laughs> that it, it, it doesn't feel – normally it's – I've always thought it's when you, you get a, a couple of cooler days, just slightly mm. cooler days, that you start thinking about footy. You know, it's when you get the first glimpse of autumn. It's generally followed by some really hot days as well. But the first few cooler days and you go, all right, I'm ready for footy now. But they haven't really happened mm. yet. And so I think – um from almost a sensory point of view, Mike, this is a bit of a shock to the system. It, it does still – feel very much like the middle of summer, doesn't it? Yes, It yeah. feels like we're a long way from the season. Oh, if I told you that there's four intra-clubs over the next four Fridays, that would kind of feel right, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, Be like, yeah. right, that's what, that's what the journey goes from here. But like, but this time next, well, next Friday night, we're going to be at the Gabba together watching the first game of the season. It's, uh, I have a feeling it's going to feel a bit bizarre next Friday when we're there. I think it's going to be a bit, almost like it's an off-season spectacle or something yeah i think you hit on another point there too the four intra clubs as we've said before yes. we've been used to that with yeah. the lines this time it was one two bang practice match or match yeah. simulation whatever they called last Thursday's hit out against the suns match match and then bang mm-hmm. into the season so pre- normally we have four intra clubs a couple of practice matches a week off round one yes this time there's Two intra clubs. There's no week off between the practice matches and the opening match against Carlton. It's just mm. preseason, preseason, round one. Bang, bang, bang. You're there yeah. so quickly. So, yeah, it's you can't say it snuck up on you because we've been cognizant of the date the whole way through, but 
it does feel like it's come around very quickly. It really, really does. Yeah. I mean, it's only it was only when I started following the or seeing the news around about the NRL's Vegas weekend mm. that I went, oh, that must have been where soon? Oh, when next week? Right, okay. <laughs> there we go. That's just crazy. Um, uh, well, uh, actually, brief sidebar before we get into the Gold Coast um, review from from Thursday night. What are your What are your thoughts on the NRL Vegas thing? You are you a fan? Not a fan? Uh, I mean, it's it, it's a good concept. Hey, I'm not going to knock them for trying it. I think it's a great. It's something worth trying. I don't really know the point of it. Yeah. But maybe I'm just old and out of touch, mate. But it'll be a great spectacle. They'll probably get massive crowds over there. I'm not sure what the end game is, though. Are you trying to cut through into the American market? Or I'm not quite sure what the end game is. I don't follow the NRL close enough to know what they're hoping to achieve out of this. Are they hoping that these clubs will get some American sponsorship money eventually or a network over there picks up rugby league games here. I'm not quite sure what the end game is, but it's worth trying and good luck uh, to the players. <laughs> I, don't yeah. I, I don't know. Gonna, you know I was going to say, I don't know how they're going to stay out of strife in, in Vegas. But <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I would think if you were the NRL with their last couple of decades, Vegas would be the last place you'd yeah. be taking people maybe. But uh, look, I, I don't, I, the whole thing sort of sits weird to me because I mean, all the all the, the writing on it seems to suggest they're actually doing this just to chase the American sports betting dollar um, is the real motivating factor in it all. And and uh, there's just something about the whole thing. It's one of those moments, to be honest, Mike, where uh, – and I, I know we've got many of our listeners who love rugby league as well, but, but I Man, will I, be a bit – I mean, I don't know if I love it anymore. I'm, yeah. I'm still a big fan of it. Well, I'm, see, I'm not, and yeah. I'll be a little bit parochial here. It may, It's one of those moments where I feel proud to be an Aussie uh, Rules yeah. supporter. I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm I'm supporting the the better code in this country. Were, were you proud when um, Gold Coast and Port Adelaide played, you know, in China Mate. a few years in a row? There? Mate, don't <laughs> knock the China game. Uh, we will if COVID Just hadn't hit. Out there, Lions if, playing look, in New Zealand <laughs> against St Kilda. If COVID hadn't hit, Aussie rules would be the biggest sport in China by now. The trajectory was taking off with the Suns <laughs> and their red jumpers, and oh. would they be the dominant? Team I, of I, any sport. I've still heard if you walk the streets of China and you say the name Matt Rowell, every yeah. <laughs> every head turns. Even though he didn't, play even though them. he wasn't playing the no, Gary Ablett. Gary oh, Ablett. Oh. Gaz is huge over there. Did still. Gary play one of those? That would be Ooh, to me I the idea. Know, that's a great long term trivia question. That is a good trivia question because he was at the club. Yeah, but yeah. I can't recall whether he played or not. Surely that was in his never, contract that he didn't have to go there, to China. John, so <laughs> yeah, you never I went. No, I never made the trip. No. <laughs> well, look, we'll uh, we'll see. I mean, it just it's one of those moments where I feel like the AFL is uh, is at this stage at least. Who knows? Maybe you know, in a few weeks we'll hear that the AFL is going to try to take the game to North Korea or something. Who yeah. knows? But at the moment, <laughs> it feels like there's a the AFL is being a bit more run by adults. Funny the way it's going to play out so the nrl play its games this coming weekend mm. and then return to australia to play um a full round the following weekend i'm not sorry i'm not sure if it's a full round i won't commit to that but <laughs> i know there's matches on that opening so the gold coast mm. titans play almost directly after the gold coast suns very keen to see broadly what the so the, the AFL's put these games on in New South Wales and Queensland a week yes. early to try and capture a bit more attention and, you know, hearts and minds and all that sort of stuff. Keen to see what sort of coverage and exposure the games up here get in that week leading into mm. the opening round. Brisbane, Carlton, Gold Coast, Richmond. And obviously the thinking is, hey, let's get it front of mind. Let's have kids looking at AFL games in their backyard before they see NRL games, which is usually roles reversed. So keen to see how that plays out next week. Yeah, it's a very, very good point. Mm. That's going to be um, 
Well, if it's a success, you can lock it in for a decade, just about, yeah. I reckon. So we'll see what happens there. Um, well, we are about 15 minutes in and, you know, I, I feel like sometimes, Mike, we get accused of rambling. Uh, apologies to those who are, have their fingers ready on the tweet button to say, that first 15 minutes rambled a little yeah. bit. Um, <laughs> but but let's talk about this Suns match. Uh, with, with um and, and the maths nerd... Um, nerds out there will be struggling with all the terminology about six quarters. Um, but six periods. Six periods of football that yep. were played uh, with the Lions coming out triumphant by just a point um, on, on Thursday night. And while we lost the grand final by less than a goal, it's good to know that we won the one that matters. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. We <laughs> held out for that one. Hung um, on, overcame the late deficit, oh, kicked a late goal. Remarkable. I've already got the tattoo. Yeah. Uh, it's been an eventful week since then. But but what's your, your if I had to ask your biggest takeaway from the, the match, Mike, what's your, your number one takeaway from it? Brisbane's ready, I guess, would be my yep. broad takeaway. I thought it was... I'm, Let's just put these caveats aside now for the rest of this review, right? Mm. Yes, we know it was just the first match, of, first preseason match. Yes, we know there was players missing from both teams. All of that aside, right? I've taken all of that into context here. Mm. I thought Brisbane was about as professional as you could be, to yep. be honest. They were – okay, they weren't super clean all of the time, but I thought they're, defensively they were really well organised against a team who they probably had a fair idea how Gold Coast was going to play. It's not like Damien Hardwick is new to them <laughs> or his coaching methods are new to them. Mm. So they would have had some idea. Whether they put much time into preparing for it or not, I'm not too sure. But I thought defensively they were very well organised and they looked really professional. They looked sharp. They, mm. they looked on. Uh, that was what I took away from it. They're, they're going to be right to go come the start of the season. There won't be any excuses about short pre-seasons, coming back late, grand final hangovers, none of that should be there come uh, opening round. Well, it's really interesting you say this, actually, because I had flagged as maybe the major watch point of these two pre-season games, um, do the lines look scratchy? Because yeah. with, with a, a short pre-season, with all the points you've just mentioned, I think a number of us have wondered, is it going to be a bumpy start to the year? Are the Lions going to come in a bit underdone and build their way into the season? And you'd almost, I say this tentatively, but you'd almost forgive them and understand if yeah, so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yep. for, 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 for so many good reasons. So, But you are right. It, it looked like a team who has been hungry all summer, mm. a team whose minds are already, you know, thinking ahead to, to what this season could hold. And, um, and I, I don't know, I, I was probably on the fence about, Round of the opening round against Carlton. I just thought uh, Carlton might be incredibly hungry after their finals mm. run. Brisbane may be a bit scratchy coming into the season. I thought there was a that game was probably quite a live game in many ways. Watching this match, and again, as all the things you mentioned, you can't read too much into a, a mm. preseason match. But watching this match, I thought, yeah, we're not losing to Carlton round one. Yep. This, this team's ready to go. Yeah, they are ready. And Gold Coast would be a little bit disappointed in the way they fronted up. Now, there is a lot to bed down. I, I just said, obviously, Damien Hardwick's game plan isn't new to Brisbane, but it is new to Gold Coast. Mm. It's not You're not just going to click your fingers and bang, integrate a totally different system to the way that they've been playing for the past five or six years under Stuart Dew. So they would be, I, I think they would be a little bit disappointed in the way they played, but I don't think that's to take away from Brisbane, who looked pretty sharp. And, yeah. and, and I think a couple of things there, like... There was, there's a couple of spots up for grabs in Brisbane's team, genuinely, mm. mainly because of injuries and where different players are at. But I reckon there's, you know, four or five guys in that team for Brisbane or five or six guys that played last Thursday night that are thinking, I've got a sniff here to mm. play against Carlton straight up. There's yeah. a couple of spots up for grabs. They're not going to want to 
let that opportunity slip. They're going to they're out there and we'll chat about some of these guys, no doubt. But I just think that extra little bit of hunger there, there's been a positional switch or two, namely Darcy Gardner going forward. There's just enough differences there to keep everyone on edge and everyone yes. hungry as if they needed extra motivation. But there's a bit of there's the intrinsic motivation and there's also that little bit of external stuff that I think Chris Fagan and the coaches have been able to manufacture. So here's a question then. If if I was to throw let's say there's one spot available, which at the moment with Jared Berry, Dev Robertson, you know, they're the two probably that we're just waiting to see how they'll pull up for our one. I think they're both playing this Thursday as the plan. Is that what we're hearing? Berry, yes. Dev Robertson, I'm not certain on. Okay. So I th- I think I I've got to I'd have a question mark over Dev. Right, so that might be the spot that's, that's available. I think that's the one that's available. So if I said who is pushing themselves most out of these ones we saw on, on Thursday night, Harry Sharp, Kai Lohman, Jimmy Madden, James Tunstall, or the Bush Turkey. Um, <laughs> Didn't he play a great role? Oh, well, I mean, the, it was, the GPS on, numbers. Mate, that was funny. The GPS numbers were <laughs> extraordinary for the Bush Turkey. Um, what I loved is then I once we caught a glimpse of him yeah. and then – was he, he was still running around in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I know. He was still pushing up in defence. <laughs> <laughs> the endurance running. Mate, that was that was. Oh. I had a good old chuckle. Yeah, that I'm was, sure everyone else did too. There well, were a couple of moments the the, the bush turkey nearly found itself involved in a <laughs> bit of a heavy collision there, but um, very iconically sort of, a, sort of Springfield, I yeah, think. Yeah. Because I've been out there before during weekdays and seen a couple of them around, so getting one of them involved in the play is good fun, and uh, and who knows, maybe that could be an unofficial mascot. But but it's quite serious. They're looking at Tunstall, yep, Loman, yep. Sharp, and Madden. Would you be in agreement that Tunstall's the one who yeah. pushed his name forward the most? I would, yeah. No, like I haven't got the I haven't got the whiteboard out and got all the names on there yet and figured out where they would all play because mm. we know that Dev was a bit half forward into the midfield and that might not be exactly the way Jimmy Tunstall has been used. But yeah, he's the one. I thought he was eye-catching yes. last Thursday. Yeah. He, was, he was clean. I've always liked his ability overhead. He was... Uh, I think he took the chance the most out of that list of names. We saw. I was a, I was a little bit surprised in how they used Kai Loman. Yeah, I agree. Actually, I, I thought he might have got a run a bit earlier, and it kind of shows that he might be down that pecking order a little bit because he didn't get much of an opportunity. Hmm. He didn't really get any opportunity against Gold Coast best team, because Gold Coast made a ton of changes at three quarter time, and yes. they were certainly split A and B by then. I would say the Suns and. I think I think that's when Kai came on, wasn't it? The fourth the fourth quarter, I think. Or I think he was was he involved a bit earlier, but not much. I'm not, if, I, if I can't it remember. was, if it was, it wasn't much. Like yeah. he he barely got a sniff in the first few quarters from memory. So I was surprised, and it probably shows he's a fraction down the pecking order because he yep. that looks the logical. If Dev is up, and I stress this, might he might come out, he might play Thursday and might come out and have a good game and keep his spot, no problems, but. Mm. If, as I suspect at the moment, that position is, you know, a loose grip that he's got on it, I thought Kai might be the one. But yeah, yeah, I was really impressed with Tunstall. Well, I'll go as far as to say, you know, barring a really poor performance on Thursday night this week, I think Tunstall will play round the opening round, even if it's as the sub. But but yep. I think yep. Tunstall's now in that that twenty three for the the opening round. All he has to do is be solid on on this Thursday night, and I think he's a. Uh, He's earned his spot. Um, I know last year he played round one and, and we're trying our best to forget round one last year against Port Adelaide, which uh, I'll be interested to know actually whether the club touches at all on that next week in the build-up to, to the match against Carlton and what's happened in round one over recent years. Because if the coaches wanted to get some fodder for motivation, they've got some there. Yeah, I wonder. It'd be a question worth asking. This year, a bit different though. Mm. No gap. 
we've talked about Brisbane yeah, coming off buys, but there's no buy this week before round uh, this season. Sorry, before the opening round against Carlton. So hopefully that's a good omen for Brisbane because they've been pretty ordinary after a break. <laughs> Yeah, which is still a bizarre psychological thing. Um, the, the other big talking point, I suppose, is Cam Rayner, um, who played mostly midfield minutes. Now, yeah. do you think, Mike, this was largely covering for Lockie, or, or are you starting to think we should prepare ourselves to see Cam starting in the centre? Yeah, I'm still a bit torn. Like That's what I wrote about after the game, because I just thought it, it's clearly a dilemma for mm. the coaching staff. I went back and looked at bits of the match. I probably got it a little bit wrong. He wasn't quite as good as I thought, Cam. I mean, he was okay. I thought when I was there live, I thought he was a bit a bit better than, than he might have been. But I still think there's that dilemma there. And largely, he's probably getting a bit more opportunity because Lockie's not there. But Jared Lyons also played a lot more minutes the other night as True. well. So I'm not quite sure. I mean, I still, personally, I, I still think he's a forward. That mm. should come into the midfield, you know, for half a dozen centre bounces a game or something. But I like him as the third tall forward. Um, Darcy Gardner has been tried there, obviously. So that's the dilemma. Do you yes. play Gardner forward and Rayner in the midfield with Lockie Neal coming back and whatever rotational changes that means? Or do you play Rayner forward and maybe the extra midfielder and Darcy Gardner is is left out? So that's – I think that's the – Yep. They're the, they're the options, aren't they? Is that the dilemma? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I'm just – I agree with you. And it's interesting because I think we're constantly tempted by this idea of Rayner the, the midfielder and, yep. you know, being this, this, well, the comparisons are always Dustin Martin and Christian Petrarca, this burst midfielder. But uh, I, I kind of feel like, um, I don't know, I feel like this has been the conversation every preseason or the last couple of preseasons is, is that going to be the player Cam steps up into being this year? And I'm, I just think maybe he's going to be long-term better as that burst midfielder rather than a, a permanent starting mid. That's just the vibe I'm starting to get. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Obviously, we can't totally put a line through it. He's just so mm. – it's such a tease because we can see what he's done. And he, he probably got a little less ball than I thought when I was there. I, I, I was chatting to – uh, uh, I've chatted to other journos about this. Sometimes you see a couple of things early in a match from a player and it kind of seduces your opinion for the yeah, rest of the match. Yeah, yeah, Do you feel like that sometimes? All the time, especially like intra-clubs. I found yeah. that in intra-clubs over the years, that someone does something, a couple of good things early and you're- It's in your head. You're inflated their opinion of, of them and they might do nothing the rest of the game, but you go away thinking they were the standout. Yeah, that, yeah. that's almost, I think, what I had the other night with Cam. I was like, right. I saw a few good things early and then I got in my head, right, oh, that's, I think that's the talking point here because- you know, there's there's not a lot else to talk about with Brisbane because they're a pretty settled team. We know Lockie's likely to come back. We know there's a couple of injury concerns. But I sort of went in there thinking, well, this is the question, right? Yes. Where's Cam going to play? Oh, he's done a couple of good things as a midfielder. Like, okay, that that's enough. He's he's been good. Let's let's chat about that. So, and that's the tease. He probably got a little less ball than I thought when I went back and I, I didn't forensically go through the match and look at add up statistics or anything. We didn't get statistics. Um, which was a good test case as well. Yeah, true. You didn't, you didn't true. have stats to fall back on. True. Probably shows me that I've got inbuilt biases sometimes. I think we all do. Which we all yes. do, yeah. Yeah. Um, try that. Would as well. Try that in season. Yeah. <laughs> Watch a match and don't have stats. Like, you want them to back up what you're seeing. Yes. Whereas if I got the stats the other night, I reckon I would have seen, uh, hang on, maybe it wasn't as good as I thought. Yeah. But yeah, it's an interesting dilemma for them, but I, I like him forward. I don't know if that's the way they're going to go, but that's... I like the forward line that played in the grand final. I reckon yep. that's what the way they should 
that's what they should stick with. The uh, only thing I will say is his tank does seem noticeably better. He does. I think um, he's fitter too. I agree and, with you. And so, you know, maybe he was he was around a lot more. His second efforts were noticeable. Yep. And so I, I, I think that part of the game was quite different. So I think previously he maybe hasn't had the tank to be a, a permanent midfielder. I don't know if he's got that now, but he's a lot closer. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. And it was, and again, to harp on that, it was yes. hot and humid out there last Thursday. So I think the third and fourth quarters when the better, no offense taken to it, but when the better players were out there, mm. you saw the skills drop off a little bit after half time, and that was the heat and humidity. But I, I agree with you. I think Cam certainly looks fitter and plays fitter that you, you bang on with that comment about the second efforts well, well let's uh let's look ahead to this thursday night against the swans and it is to be honest it's a bit bizarre to be playing we're still looking ahead to another practice match with opening round next friday night it feels mm. a bit the stakes couldn't feel lower to be completely <laughs> honest about this thursday night but, but a good hit out it is a great hit out great hit out um I, I'm, I'm curious mike so i did ask you earlier about barry and and dev we we know Lockie neal's uh, seems like he's going to play on Thursday night. Sounds like Barry is as well. Is your gut feel today on Monday that it'll just be those two in? Um, and you know, the, I can't think there's anyone else who missed on a, on the weekend. Was there? No, no, no. that's the two. So I, Dev, I don't think so. But that could change between now and then. And and Connor McKenna, I guess, is the other one. He's yep. not going to play, and you would have to say he's in doubt for round one now or opening round. Sorry, so. Mm. If he's not available now, that would be a bit of a risk, I would think, just to drop him in yep. to opening round. Maybe he's okay. We don't know. He, he'll be a watch and see as well. And who would be the the natural replacement for him, do you think? Well, I mean, Jimmy Madden played. Yeah. Uh, so it looks like he'd have the front running. Jackson Pryor would be another option. I'd, I've always liked Jimmy Madden. Uh, he made a couple of mistakes last Thursday. He got sold into trouble once or twice. <laughs> Maybe that was his fault calling for the ball when he was under pressure. I don't know. But I do like the way Madden plays. He's not quite as creative as Connor McKenna, but few people on on Brisbane's list are. So I just lean towards the fellow Irishman at the moment if Connor doesn't get up for the first match against the Blues. And if I asked you the one thing you'll be watching for on Thursday night, the one most interesting thing for you, do, do you is it a particular player? Is it a structural thing? Um, is it if Darcy Gardner plays forward well, again? Well, what is it for you? It is. To be honest, I think maybe I just get a little bit too fixated on that sort of stuff. But the Gardner, Rayner, Lions, however you want to rationalise that, domino effect mm. I mean it all it all centers around Cam Rayner but I'm just intrigued to see what the coaches do there's not many positions up for grabs yes that the injuries sort of have opened up a couple of opportunities but I'm keen to see yeah whether Darcy Gardner plays forward again that might give us a glimpse I, I mean I think what we see on Thursday is going to be what we see against Carlton the following week yeah yeah pretty good pretty I mean and if if Gardner plays there and doesn't do anything and gets outmarked a bunch of times. Well, maybe they put a line through him for the first match. So mm. I, I don't know. That's what I'm. That's what I'll be keeping an eye on for sure. Yeah, I, and, okay. and keen to see Lockie Neal. Yes, yes, definitely. Keen I mean, yeah, he's the Brownlow medalist and all, but he hasn't had any competitive footy. 
I think I'm really keen to see the handballing style that we've heard a bit about because it was a notable to the the eye test that the Brisbane were handballing quite a bit more on Thursday yeah, than they, they have did. been. Chris Fagan made that comment to us that that's been mm. um, part of their focus. So uh, just to get a bit of a sense, you know, about and because uh, there's going to be stats for this game, aren't there? They're doing stats. There is. Yep, there will be. So we'll be able to compare total handballs in the game to Brisbane's average last year and, and actually get a tangible sense of, of how much this has changed. But... Um, but that's a really interesting one for mine because mm. as long as Chris Fagan's been at the club, the Lions have been a kicking team predominantly. And uh, and I don't think he's, you know, reinventing the wheel necessarily, but it, it was uh, it was a noticeably different game style. Yeah, I certainly. And, and I think they might have got themselves into a bit of a pickle a couple of times, particularly in that third quarter when it did get yes. a little bit scrappy. I thought... Yes. Maybe they were overdoing the handballing a fraction, but mm. that's a little bit of that might be a bit of trial and error. If they're trying to introduce it a bit more, sometimes when you tell players to do something, they take it to an extreme, and then you've just got to dial it back a little bit. So, yeah, if they've tinkered a little bit, it might just that they, they do need another match against opposition. It's fine playing against yourselves, but until you get the heat from an opposition, it's very hard to to tell whether it's going to work or not. So, yeah, good point. And, uh, and then we will just briefly cast our eyes ahead to next Friday night. Uh, obviously, we'll save our, our preview for this one till next week's episode, Mike. But I did get a message from one of our Patreon supporters. Now, for those who are new to the podcast, uh, you can support us through Patreon, patreon.com slash the raw deal. Uh, and we are incredibly grateful for, for all those who do support what we do here. Um, if you are a, a Patreon supporter on the $5 a month tier, that just gets you early access to the podcast and a ticket into the community. Basically, you'll get first notice of a events we're running uh capacity to ask questions through the patreon site and uh and a member uh, a gold member of the raw deal podcast for ten dollars a month it is the platinum membership now that's where you get into the facebook group as well mike and you get access to our weekly teams chat match previews now this message has come through suggesting that maybe this year we could re- instead of doing these as a Facebook Live, which isn't easy for those who don't have Facebook and sometimes is varying in quality <laughs> depending on where in the world <laughs> we are. Possibly this year we could record uh, this as a separate podcast episode that drops in people's feed late on a Thursday, early on a Friday for 15 to 20 minutes so people can listen to it when they're driving to the game, walking to the game, whatever. So it's not the immediate teams have just dropped. Here's your, your, your preview as such. It might come a couple of hours after teams drop or whatever. But what it will mean is it's a second podcast in your feed for Patreon supporters. What are your thoughts on that one? Probably a good idea, isn't it? Yeah, I don't mind it. Yeah. I don't mind yeah. it. I mean, look, It's still going to be a quite immediate reaction from us. Yes. But it gives all the listeners, all our Patreon supporters, yeah. a better opportunity to listen to it. Of course, you could listen back once it was on Facebook Live, but a little yeah. bit clunky probably to use through that platform. So Quite clunky, I yeah. think. So yeah. just, there seems to be a growing number of people moving away from Facebook. So we're still going to keep the Facebook group up for banter, conversations, links the, and the whatever. Good, the good thing about the Facebook Live was you could interact on the spot with some yes. with the people that were um, listening live, that watch, is the bonus. watching live. So that was a bonus. But We'll see. But maybe we can get questions in. Yep before we record. True. That's yeah. not a bad idea. So look, if you are one of our platinum members, uh, let us know your thoughts. What would you rather? Shoot us a message and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go with the, demo- the democratic vote, I reckon, on this one, Mike. <laughs> yeah. uh, and if you'd like access to the Teams chat, whether it does happen on Facebook Live or on Patreon, uh, you can become a Raw Deal member and support us there. We'd be um, incredibly grateful if you can. Uh, but these are difficult cost of living times. And so uh, in whatever the case, however you support the podcast, just by listening every week and uh coming up and telling me I'm an idiot with the dare to beat the bear thing as a couple of people <laughs> have done lately. That's lovely as well. Um, I'm curious about you though, Mike, uh, 
because uh, this weekend obviously is your last, you know, non-competitive uh, yeah. footy weekend for what until you know probably December. Is that about right, roughly? Yeah, pretty much. It pretty much is. So that. There is actually quite a few weekends with no footy in Queensland that I won't be working at directly this season, just the way the draw falls, but it just consumes you regardless. Yeah, yeah. When Brisbane and Gold Coast are playing away, you're still watching as every supporter is, but you're just consuming so much footy on the weekends. So yes. it, it pretty much is. There might be a weekend off somewhere, but for all intents and purposes, yeah. Are you doing anything to celebrate it or uh, just preparing yourself? No, I'm not. That's bad, isn't it? I should have. I should have actually had something planned. Yeah. Uh, I got a long run on Saturday morning. That's going to be oh, so so unlike you. I know. Wow. Going, okay. Getting crazy. Getting wild. I've got a, I've got a marathon to run in about five and a half weeks time. Oh uh, yeah. I'm trying to cram study a little bit. You know. <laughs> Where's the marathon? Canberra. Right. I don't think you've spoken about the Canberra I haven't, marathon. No, yeah, there you it's go. the same weekend as Gather Round. So okay. So I don't have to take any time off work. I can just sneak Handy. to Canberra when the footy world's in Adelaide and I can hopefully run a decent marathon. So, yeah, we're getting to the crunch end of that wow. too. It's all sort of coming to a head in the next few weeks. But no, not not too much planned this weekend at Look, this stage. I've learned it's wise in life never to write anything off because you never know what lies ahead. But I think the odds of me ever joining you on a marathon, Mike, are... <laughs> Pretty slim. Unless you want to do a movie marathon. I can do a movie, a movie marathon. marathon. I reckon what, I've got what, that in me. What constitutes a movie marathon? How many movies? Well, historically, Mike, back in the uh, my childhood of the 2000s, I remember it was three movies back to back is what the cinema considered a marathon. So That's a hell of a lot longer than my running marathon, I can <laughs> tell you that. You're right, actually. I am more of an endurance athlete when you put it like that. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't right. thought about that, but you're right. When I can do the Lord of the Rings films back to back to back, that does say something about the the athletic prowess that I've got. <laughs> You'd have me covered. <laughs> I'll be lucky to get through one. It's like conking out 15Ks into a marathon. Like what's, what's the point of even starting? <laughs> uh, alrighty. Well, Mike, uh, let's uh, get to a heap of questions that have come through. You can send us a question anytime. You can send a tweet or an X, however you prefer to say it, uh, through to Mike or I. Uh, uh, I'm Dom Faye. What are you? Just Michael Whiting? AFL Michael Whiting? What are I you these days? Now. I, don't, I don't even know. Have a look. Oh, you can send them on Instagram <laughs> if you'd like to me. Send them through the Raw Deal page. Or you can even send it to therawdeal at gmail.com. Oh, yeah, there we go. At Michael Whiting. There we go. Wonderful. You had AFL in there once. I did have AFL in there. Smart man. Because yeah. you never know. You, you might know. run for office one day and then yeah. You, yeah, people right. are going to go, why is the Prime Minister's handle Michael Whiting <laughs> AFL? That doesn't make any sense. I'd love, you'd be a great Prime Minister, Prime by Minister. the way. You're in Canberra in no. a few weeks. You could, I, uh, <laughs> that's true. You could have a tilt at it. Did I say uh, I was running a marathon? Did yeah. I? Oh. <laughs> uh, alrighty. Well, we've got a heap of questions to get through uh, previewing season 2024. Let's kick it off with Mikey, who says, here's one for footy fan psychologists. As a fan, it feels like anything less than a flag is a failure this year. Given that, how do we enjoy the season? Oh, that's a great question, Mikey. You go. Uh, what, do you, what do you reckon? You're the you're the yeah. Don't take this the wrong way. You're the emotional supporter. The guy that's right. You ride the you ride the highs and lows a bit more than I, I do. Why would I take that the wrong way? Yeah, that's no, a I compliment. It is. It is a compliment. <laughs> yeah, of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I think unfortunately you can't, um, is the short version of it. Like there's a reality to where this sits and, and I could come up with some great approach here, but the reality is that if the Lions don't win the premiership, we're all going to be feeling pretty rotten by October. 
because you it's so rare that you get the ducks in a row like this, mm. that you get a list this strong, that you have the list in this sort of age profile that you've shown you can get to the grand final, that unfortunately it is a little bit like anything less than uh, a flag will be a disappointment at this point. Now, you said this back in 2019, Mike, that that mm. was the dream time to be a fan because everything was gravy at that point. That's not the case anymore. And so in terms of how you enjoy the, the the season without just sort of counting down until September and, and hoping all's well by the time we get there. I think probably it's going to come down to to the moments. Do you know what I mean? It's gonna. It's. I think we're all going to have this thing in our brain which is going to want to go. Um, what does this mean for September? And if we play like this now, we're not going to win it then. And I think as much as possible, just trying to let the moment be the moment is the only strategy I've got for you. But I I think I'm going to struggle with it. Like. We if once it becomes clear opening round, for example, let's say we we do beat Carlton, maybe it becomes clear five minutes into the fourth that we've got that game won potentially. Maybe it won't. Maybe we get lose by seventy. Anything could happen. But let's say it did happen that five minutes into the fourth we've got that match won. I think most Lions fans will start thinking, okay, Frio. And then when it becomes clear, let's say that we beat Frio, okay, Collingwood. Uh, it's going to be, it's just going to be the reality of this season that we are slowly building to one particular thing. Now we might know by around seven that that's not happening this year. We might be so off the boil, who knows, but there is an element where I'd say the way you enjoy this season is almost like by taking an endurance long-term approach that each thing is chipping a little bit off this, this, this big amount of marker. So I think I might've just contradicted myself by saying live in the moment and also think forward, but that is the only way you can do it. I'm going to bring this back to running, actually. I'll bring it back to marathoning. So marathon, for those that don't know, is 42 kilometers Mm. or 26 miles for people that still work in miles like Americans. (laughs) But I I say that because uh, I I don't think this saying is unique to this individual as an American marathoner that his favorite saying used to be run the mile you're in. So don't look at the finish line. Of course, 42 kilometers or 26 miles looks forever away when you're 10 minutes into the race. Just run the mile you're in. And I think that's what you're getting to here. You've just got to stay present, yeah. stay in the moment. If you frame everything around a premiership, it's mm-hmm. going to be the longest six or seven months ever. <laughs> Let's just look back yeah. to last year, Dom. If yeah. you framed everything around, hey, this team that we're supporting is going to get to within a kick of winning a grand final. So a premiership contender. Like, what are you thinking after round one? Yeah. yeah. This th- this team's got no chance. They're like, it's just immediately the sirens are sounding, alarm bells are ringing, mm. and then multiple times through the season. I mean, two weeks later, you're having the same conversation because they barely kick a score against the dogs, look like they're struggling in attack. Uh, you know, so many question marks over the key forwards and... It just inhibits when we lost to the Hawks, the, the Hawks, the, oh. the Suns, the Suns. Like yeah. they, this team doesn't want it. Like all yes. that sort of stuff, and it just clouds all those little. How many wins last year? Seventeen. Was it seventeen yeah, yeah. and six? You're just overwhelmed with negativity. And I know. I think I speak for both of us. We're glass half full guys, right? Mm. Like really. Like, yeah. I think I'm more than. We're more than glass half full. Well, guys. I think normally we. We both are, but sometimes my glass is so full that on this podcast, <laughs> some might think you're glass half empty. With anybody else, you'd be a glass half full guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's really – so, yeah, you're you're trying to stay present yes. and uh, you are looking for improvement. To use a bit of a fagsism, you're looking mm. for – I don't want to say growth mindset, but you're looking for things that have improved from Brisbane. So, 
it might be individuals. It might be Cam Rayner or Zach Bailey, or it might be the cohesion in defense, or it might be how Tom Duday fits in, or, hey, we've got Will Ashcroft to look forward to in the middle of the season, mm. who Marcus Ashcroft was out there having a look last Thursday, actually, really? which was with, okay. Le- with Levi. Levi was there with him. So Interesting. That was good. He was up <laughs> up visiting their son and brother, respectively. So Lovely. Good to see Marcus there. but. Yeah, like Will Ashcroft's coming back in the middle of the year. You do, you're right. You, your point about little wins is mm. bang on. You have to stay in the moment, enjoy the process, and look for little bits of improvement here and there because it's not, <laughs> man, it's not linear and you can't frame every single moment no. from every match around a well, premiership. And you've just made a really good point. This, this would be a good warning to put out to everybody right now because last year did teach us this. A season that ends in a grand final and nearly a premiership will likely involve a number of what seem like crises along the way. Yep. So if the normal thing happens, there are going to be moments this year that your brain's your brain is going to jump to thinking this team can't do it, they don't have it in them, they're missing some secret ingredient, and then they may well go on and win it anyway. So I, I wouldn't. I, I think that's one helpful thing to remember. You know, last year we lost a grand final by less than a goal. That seemed impossible after One of the, the Hawks, great the Suns, grand the finals. Right, right. <laughs> so when those crises hit this year, maybe we'll get lucky and it will be a seamless run. Yeah. Who knows? That does happen occasionally. But when the crises do likely hit, just remember this: this is part of the 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 way things unfold. The other thing I'll say: imagine that we have ten to fifteen years struggling, rebuilding, whatever. You know, after this this run. And that this is the year we won the premiership. Let's say that does happen. Let's say we just take it now as a given. Maybe you could imagine that you've come back in time to experience the 2024 season again. Because <laughs> seriously, you think about it, right? You take the perspective of the 2032 fan potentially, or the 2036 fan or 2029 fan. Who knows when we'll dip again? But you take the perspective of, of that fan who was just aching for finals again. And you say, well, here's a time machine. You can go back to that year we won the flag and you can experience every match again um, fresh. That's effectively what's being offered. That That's a bit of a tactic that I use, Mike, is sometimes mm. I saw this from the film About Time, the Richard Curtis film, is sometimes if I'm just in the middle of what seems like a normal boring day, trying to imagine that I've specifically traveled back in time to this moment where these people I love are still alive, where th- this is what I get to do with my life, this is where I get to live and sort of see it through the perspective of someone who would give anything to live this day again. So I think that could be one way to do it, but that's probably a bit too spiritual for some people. No, think <laughs> think about think about Will Ashcroft. Well, yeah, true. Begging to be out there from yes. the first match. Yeah. He's not getting like yep. No, I think it's a good way to frame it. Yep. Yeah, cool. just well, in, 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 <laughs> it's not going to be perfect. Mm. Just embrace it. And Google to find a good fromagerie that we can all head to together <laughs> if things don't work out. That's the first fromagerie reference of 2024. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll put that up on the board. Um, Mazza says, uh, how will the club be looking at a strategy to tackle the fixture we've been given this year? Uh, unfortunately, Mazza, I'm not sure how much of a strategy you can get when the fixtures just hard, <laughs> hard, hard, hard. Like it's not, I mean, there are, there are easier patches, but it's just a tough fixture this year. It's very similar to last year. Yes. I yes. think now I did know this off by heart when it came out. You'll have to forgive me, Mazza. I haven't looked at it recently, but the six teams that Brisbane double up against, uh, Collingwood, I'm going to botch this. So I don't know why I'm going <laughs> through it now, but Collingwood, Melbourne, Gold Coast, St. Kilda, GWS, and I forget the sixth one, mm. but there was – that it was exactly the same as last year. Basically, it yeah. was almost identical to last year. Yeah, it's a it's a tough draw. 
doesn't stop you from, and yet there's inequities in the draw and sometimes it sucks, whatever. But hey, you get to play, Brisbane gets to play Collingwood twice. That means they get to host Collingwood. They get to play Melbourne twice. Like, yeah, I don't think this is a bad thing. There's probably, at, at the end of it all, mate, you get six, everyone gets six double ups and it sort of works on brackets of six on the ladder and all this sort of, some sort of complex, but you're only going to get one or two more difficult matches than everyone else in the competition, really. Mm. Brisbane's one of the best teams. If you're good enough, they'll win. Yep. Like I just look at it and think, so what does that mean? 11 games at the Gabba? Yeah. Almost unbeatable at the Gabba. If you can win half your games on the road. I just think Brisbane. Brisbane's good enough. So, yep. yeah, the draw is very hard, but it is for everyone. It's a yeah. difficult, difficult competition. There's, I did sit down and have a first crack at a ladder the other day which I'll have to finalise for our website, I think, before the end of this week maybe or maybe by the start of next week. And, like, legitimately there would be 13, 14 teams that could, would have claims and think they would make the top eight this year. Yeah, like yeah. It's a, it's a really difficult competition. So I think most, most teams would look at their draw and think, yeah, it's pretty tough. Uh, we were talking earlier about the strategy um, to approach the season, Mike, you know, with, with the expectation being a grand final win. Now we've just got to go moment by moment. However, George is asking, who are the Lions going to play in the grand final and how many points will we win by? So <laughs> let's jump into that, George. Uh, I was saying Melbourne, gone off Melbourne. I don't think that Melbourne are going to get there. Uh, who knows? But that Too seems many to question be marks a club in a, them. Yeah, a yeah. bit of turmoil at the moment, it's fair to say. So I don't think we're going to play the Demons anymore. I, I'm starting to get a sense it might be GWS. That's who I'm big on too. Interesting, it yes. Is. That, that's, that's, I'm with you. And I think we'll beat the Giants. I think we'll beat the Giants, uh, but I, I thought we'd beat Melbourne comfortably. I don't think we'll beat the Giants comfortably. Uh, I think we'll beat the Giants by, let's say, 17 points. Yeah. What you, uh, what's your sense uh, today? Come on, Mike. It's February. Have some fun. Have some, so Lions I haven't thought about a margin. Mate, oh, it's I, February. I'm I'm on the Giants. I'm yep. big on the Giants. And I've so, I've told you I think Brisbane will win. So yep. does the margin matter? Yeah. Give us one. <laughs> Come on. Oh, well, I've got to be different to you. Like I think three goals are pretty safe bet. Let's go a bit closer than that. Ten. See, here's the, here's the handy Ten thing, points. Mike. We can go back and listen to this in September and you can go, see, I didn't want to do it, but I was the Oracle. When the Giants finish ninth or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, true. Uh, we've got Loz asking, do we really need four captains? It seems a little over the top and just waters down the privilege of the role. So the Lions have announced, well, he didn't even talk about this. Well, I guess there's, it's business as usual for the most part, but yeah. uh, we're going to have Harris and Lockie as the co-captains again with Hugh and Dunks as the vice-captains. Um, I don't think having two vices or two captains is totally out of the normal. It's not quite the lines of, was it 2008 levels with five captains? Five captains, captains yeah. But But it's an interesting point. I, I did wonder, I mean, the most likely outcome was they were going to go the same sort of setup as last year. But I, I kind of don't mind those four as the uh, as the, the captaincy group as in, in a sense. And I like the fact that Lockie, Dunks and Q, who are our starting three midfielders most of the time, I like the fact that those three sort of are... Uh, captains or vice captains it feels like the leadership of the group i mean you imagine it's a prelim final and we're down by five points and the ball's going up in the middle you got three of your four captains your three of your main leaders there in the center having a chat before the ball's bounced and i kind of like that i feel like that feel that the, the leadership starts and ends in the middle yeah i'm i'm generally with you i think the leadership group is a bit broad i think yep. there's nine nine I think that's about right. There was two captains, two vice, and I think there's five others. 
that's a bit broad for me, but it, I don't really care. Yeah. To be honest, it's just a title that means nothing to anyone except for those guys within the club. And it's awesome for, for, um, you know, for Oscar and Brandon Stasevich in there for the first time. And mm. the, like, it's great recognition for those guys. Cam but, Rainer, is Rainer in for the first time? And Cam Rainer's yep. in for the first time. So uh, it's awesome for them. But to us from the outside, it, it doesn't do much for me, mate. It, it mm. doesn't really bother me. So, but two captains and two vice, I, I'm fine with that. Who, here's an interesting one. Who'd be the captain of the raw deal? Who's captain? Who's vice? You, 100%. And your vice? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm flattered. Maybe I'd just be in the leadership group. <laughs> <laughs> the captain in the leadership group. Well, You're I'm, the captain and I'm just in the leadership group. <laughs> I'm flattered, but that's really worrying for this ship if I'm captaining it. Oh, um, mate, it's not even a question. <laughs> uh, here we go. Speaking of podcasts, Mike Thomas says, I had a chance to talk to Huey and my brother got to talk to Cam at the open training on the sunny coast. And both of them claim to be the brains of the operation for the Kick-Ons podcast. Who do you think is the true brains out of the two Dom, of them? Dom, 100%. No, out of the two of them. Huey. Mate, well, Dom is for us. I yeah. can't believe these two are squabbling with it between yeah, each other. true, true. This is crack, cr- <laughs> cracks in Kick-Ons, mate. I don't think, look, I feel like you and I both pull our, we know our, we know our strengths. We, yeah, well, we I'm still tr- I'm trying to find my strengths, but you're quite clear no. on yours. <laughs> Whereas Hugh and Cam, I don't know. I, I feel like the the real true brains is the Lions Media Department. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder how that'll go this year. They've yeah. got they're, they're yep. gonna have a new producer at that podcast this year. So yeah, I think Sam Muggleton might have been the true brains. Oh, I think that too. Kick on. So let's see how that unfolds. It's funny. I f- oh, I don't know. That's a good question. Who mm. asked that question? Uh, that one came through from Thomas. Thomas, that's a really good question. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I it was originally going to be, was it going to be Cam I wanna, and Harris originally? Was I want to say plan? Cam. Yeah. I don't know why because I love Hugh and he's really well considered and such mm. a thoughtful guy. But I, I, I feel like Cam would have a bit more say in that. If it's a Monday night and one of them's texting the other with ideas for the podcast tomorrow, I think Cam's texting. Yeah, Hugh. I reckon Cam is too. Yeah. yeah. Hugh's along for the ride, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> That's my vibe. <laughs> So uh, brutal. <laughs> uh, Julian says, uh, "What's the go with Archie? Uh, what oh, is the go?" With I can't Archie? believe we haven't chatted about him yet. Yeah, yeah. Tell me your thoughts. Just again. Just yeah. this is just a recurring theme, isn't it? Every was it, preseason. Was it Chris Fagan having some fun with us after the live podcast? Is that what's going on here? Yes. <laughs> it's hard to know. I mean, surely he's playing opening round, isn't he? Especially with a couple of the injuries surely. around. Surely. I mean. I'll pr- I won't go. Uh, that's, I'm saying that on the record here. <laughs> if Kalachi's not in the opening round team, I'm not going to be at the Gabba. <laughs> I mean, someone- I can't wait to see how you backtrack out of this one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someone who looks like me with a odd you know, disguise might be at the Gabba, but I won't be there. Um, surely he'll play. He'll play. Well, I would think so. Yeah. I mean, even in the- So last week- Intra club the week before, mm. he starts out of like the main team, but then when he comes on, he looks- He's an eight, he's a top twenty. He's a first twenty two player. Yeah. Like no question, he is. I'd be. I'd actually. I'd actually be. I'd on genuinely. I'd be disappointed if they didn't pick him for opening round. Is there some beef between him and Fags? I don't know what it is. I think it's low stakes. I think they get on well enough, but there's a bit yeah. of beef there. Something's gone down. I don't know what it is. I don't know if like he took the last car park and Fags had to go around the block. <laughs> or I don't know what it is, but something's happened between those two years ago and Fags hasn't forgotten it. Yeah. That's my current you theory. force your way into the team, mate. Uh, Derek says, where in Rome would you recommend I watch the Carlton game? Um, 
Well, of all the great Rome AFL establishments, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be honest. I, uh, I've been, actually, I was in. Here's an interesting thing. I was on a school trip to Rome when the 20, 2009 grand final was happening. Oh, um, there you go. Geelong versus St Kilda. I remember being there. There was only one or two other AFL fans on the trip, and this is before you know you've got a. Everyone has a high tech smartphone that can yeah. immediately get the the results. I think iPhones were out, but they weren't especially overseas, they weren't that good just yet. And so I think it was like the next day that I heard the result and, and saw the famous Topok and whatever. But so I couldn't help you there at all. I mean, do you know any anything right. about Rome, Mike? Oh, oh, I was there about 20-something years ago. And, and, <laughs> I, was there and, in, I was there in 2002. But And no. what would you say the best place to watch? Yeah, <laughs> surprisingly, you didn't sort of go hunting for a – Maybe the I, was, or- I was actually on a Kentucky tour, oh, so surpri- surprisingly, I didn't go hunting for a bar <laughs> to find an AFL match on a Tuesday night in Rome. But <laughs> Sorry, Derek, I can't help you, mate. <laughs> maybe, maybe find the Australian Embassy and show them your passport. They'll let you in and put a TV on in the corner. That so might I, work. I should know this, but there must be – our our app must do something overseas. AFL Live. Mate, well, that's just, probably just the best searching. thing. When I've travelled overseas hunting. before, the watch AFL, whatever it is, you pay whatever the price is, and and you get a week's you know access to all footy overseas. There that's, you go, Derek. That's, that's what I'd be going you. for. I think the idea of finding it in a in a pub just is go probably sit in front of the Trevi Fountain or something yeah. <laughs> and load up your watch <laughs> AFL app. <laughs> uh, let's jump on to uh, let's go to Daniel. Mid season trading is in the spotlight again. Are you for or against it? And hypothetically looking back on 2023, would there have been a realistic trade in mind during the buy rounds? Which is a bit, I mean, it's going to be hard to stretch our minds back there, I think. It but, is, yeah. But, uh, and but, especially when you get within so close to winning a premiership. Yes. Then, gee, it's going to be hard to. But what, what, are you, what are your thoughts? Are you for or against mid-season uh, training? I think, I mean, I think the concept's great. I just want to see it. I want to see the practicalities of it out in front of us first because I still just think, my my first reaction is how does it work for teams outside of Victoria? Yes. There's 10 teams in Victoria, nine of them in Melbourne. Surely pl- how much say do clubs have? Is it do players players have to agree to everything, right? Mm. So if if someone at Essendon's not getting a game, where are they going to want to go? They're going to want to stay in Melbourne, right? Do you are they, think that- are they are they going to want to come to Brisbane? Okay, Brisbane needs a ruckman and so does the Western Bulldogs comparable pay where does this player want to go like i just want to see how the practicalities well, would be ironed out I, I totally agree with you it does feel inherently set up to uh, you know favor the victorian clubs the one thing i will say is if you were a reserves ruckman you know at the at the bombers to use your example there and the mid-season trade period came around and those were the two options on the table i i think as as inconvenient as it might be to relocate your life mid-season you might also, at the moment, for example, look at the Lions and go, "I could be a Premiership player in three months." Yeah, like if I go, if I can find a way to relocate my life to Brisbane, what's on offer to me is a, possibly being a Premiership player within the next three months. And so, so again, and I, and I know this is the way some of these things can work. The rich can get richer in that instance. Yes, I feel like so when Brisbane was struggling mm. six years ago. Brisbane's not getting the 50-50 calls from a player. There are they. They've no. got the double whammy of, oh, the club's struggling and I've got to uproot my entire life to go somewhere to earn, yes. you know, a hundred or 150000 a year, which is would be amazing. But um, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but for a footballer, not so much, you know. Like, mm. I just want to, yeah, I, I'd love to see it all laid out first and I know there's been stuff, you know, hypothesised about how it might work. But, yeah, 
the concept's unreal. I mean, yeah. I love American basketball. These are totally different sports, though. The magnitudes of money, it's totally different. So mm. it's not as much of an imposition for players to move around states um, within those sports overseas. But here, with the sizes of the contracts and the way the teams are centralised in Victoria, I just, it's, yeah, I'm hesitant. Yeah, I, I can imagine it's the sort of thing that, you know, once you open that can of worms, you know, you're not going to be able to close it again. That's just going to be in yep. the comp from that point onwards and and potentially it will just be another systemic, um, you know, maybe in five years they'll start saying we're going to give the Northern clubs an extra 5% of, uh, you know, whatever mid-season funds are so they can bring up extra players up and, mm. and maybe they'll find ways to correct it that way. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked and then, you know, probably Eddie Maguire will be outraged by that <laughs> and because we'll no doubt get a, a premiership star who comes up or something like that. But uh, I, I understand why they're looking at it. What I like about it a lot in, in concept is that you can have, and I know people say this is the, the magic of list management, it's the work of list management, but imagine this year that that Joe did, you know, touch would yeah. go down. Yep. Everything else might be in place for us to win the flag and that could cost us. And yet potentially there might be, let's say Geelong are languishing at 12th or 13th on the ladder. Tom Hawkins has decided it's his last year. Potentially you could go, hey, we'll bring Tom Hawkins up and and he can win one more flag at the Lions. And I know that's a very fanciful idea. Yeah, yeah, I get um, the concept. But, but the idea is that uh, it, it could provide a mechanism that a club won't have their season over by the buy round. You could still find a way to patch a hole and, and push on forward. So I think we could end up with some pretty incredible storylines. There'll be some bizarre things like, you know, imagine, just imagine that let's say Dane Zorko drops out of the Lions' best team in the year ahead and mid-season trading existed and Collingwood traded for him and the man who started the year on our list wins a flag against us at the end of the year. Mm. Things like that will happen and it's going to be bizarre. It's going to be absolutely bizarre, but it will lead to some pretty cool narratives, I think. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, obviously we've opened – you think about great narratives of guys that are getting taken in the uh, mid-season draft. Mm. We see those sort of stories of – bobbed up over the past couple of years um, SSP signings at the start of the year like we do get great stories there this would take that to another level obviously with established players or players that we're already aware of or the the broader mm. Australian um, the AFL public are aware of changing clubs and like you say getting opportunities to play finals and grand finals and whatnot but yeah it, broadly the concept's great I just yeah. want to see the details and nitty-gritty and how it might affect teams particularly teams playing outside of Victoria. Yeah, agree with you totally on that. I will say, though, I think three of the four uh, – so three of the strongest, most well-run clubs in the comp at the moment are GWS, Sydney, and Brisbane. I'm not knocking Gold Coast, but, you know, they, they might get there as well. But there's also a lot of footy weight up here now with Damien Harwick and, and Chris Fagan and, you know, John Longmire and, and people like that. Uh, Andrew Ireland is stepping onto the, the AFL commission as well. So uh, I feel like there's enough mechanisms in place that make me think whatever happens, um, it's not going to be like 10, 15 years ago where Northern State clubs could just be forgotten about and left to languish. But, you know, maybe I'll, eat, I'll, I'll regret saying those words in 10 years when, you know, we've got 10,000 people showing up to a game again. Hopefully not. Um, Russell says, is the club going to nominate Roger Merritt for the AFL Hall of Fame? I'll be honest, Russell, I didn't know Roger Merritt wasn't in the Hall of Fame. That was quite a surprise mm. to me. So... Happy to throw our weight behind that one, I think, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Haven't looked at who else hasn't got in, but you would think without looking at Roger's statistics, I mean, he's had great careers at two clubs. Mm. Uh, I don't know what the split of games are at both, but major impacts at both clubs. So, 
yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I would say I'm slight. I mean, I like that the bar's hiding into the Australian mm. Football Hall of Fame. It's not just the AFL or the VFL, it's the Australian Football Hall of Fame. And yeah, but I am, yeah, I'm a little surprised that he's not in. Uh, Steve, I love this one from Steve. It's the first mention of this for 2024. When does the upside down two contract expire? Is what Steve has said. Now, for new listeners to the podcast, there has been a growing sentiment that the Lions graphics team, uh, whatever font they're using in their their graphics, um, the two uh, is just an upside down five. So anytime there's, or sorry, the five's the upside down two. So anytime there's a five in a final score line or something along those lines, you people get bugged because it's quite clearly not a five. It's an upside down two. When we raised this for the club last year, we were told that they had signed some sort of style guide marketing deal with somebody and that they were stuck to that commitment. I don't know how long that commitment goes for. I have no idea at all. Um, but I, I don't know how we protest it, Mike. I know about a decade ago, there were the protests about bringing back the old Lions Guernsey, getting rid of the yeah, paddle pop. Yeah, yep, Maybe yep. people need to start protesting out in front of the Gabba. You know? Yeah, that seemed to have a bit more oomph than this <laughs> upside down numbers scenario does. <laughs> yeah, there are some people getting really angry about this though. There's uh, a, a real anger in the streets. I've got to say, guys, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> but I get sometimes once you've got something in your head, you can't let it go and I totally get that. Once um, you've seen it once, it just bugs you and I, I get it. Sammy says, uh, hey, Dom and Mike, the episode with Fags was fabulous. Thank you, Sammy. We were driving back in the rain from Stanthorpe and listening intently. Uh, thanks for mentioning Nicole Duncan. I thought it was lovely that time and space was given to such a long-standing key contributor to the club. Um, disappointed there was no tea discussion though. Yeah, sorry about I that. No, we didn't, Sammy. I, I, yeah. But we just the, the mood got away from us. Things it got did. away. There was actually quite a few things I had down to ask yes, him that just, it just didn't. It just didn't flow that way. He did give five-minute answers on occasion as well, so that's sort of... He uh, did. <laughs> but we're no complaints for it whatsoever. It was brilliant. Um, Sammy says, though, uh, prior to the season starting, uh, could Mike explain the rule changes for 2024? I think it's handy to know what they are going into the season. Oh, Mike needed some prep on this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's my bad. Um, have Let's we heard anything week. about that? Definitely, let's do that next week, Dom. Yeah, okay. Rule changes. I'm making This is not something now. I can fluff my way. Like, I, I just... Yeah, I can't do this off the top of my head. No, nope, like if I enough. get the double up games wrong, that's I can wear that. But this one, I don't want to get it wrong. Uh, Sam says uh, the coverage. This is talking about last Thursday night's game uh, tonight is definitely missing the press read for Dom and Fish commentary option. Would be great to hear. Um, Tara goes on also to say, "Is twenty twenty four the year that you two provide an alternative commentary for one of the lines away games? You could maybe even do it through Facebook Live, like the weekly teams chat. I would love to hear it. Uh, what are your thoughts, Mike? On you and I doing a uh, alternative commentary. Yeah, I don't know. Would you? I guess you'd be the play-by-play caller. Because uh, <laughs> yeah, I sure, don't why think not? I would be. I've never done that before, but why? I'll <laughs> give it a go. I reckon I'd be junk at that. Yeah, look, I, it would be fun to give it a go. I mean, are you are you covering this thing on Thursday? Hey, Lion Swans. We could do it Thursday. That could be fun for a practice. Oh no, match. I, I am covering. Oh, it. Yeah, okay. am, that yeah. was a fun Sorry. thought for about no, five I, seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, I am covering okay. that. Well, never and, mind. And, and a Gold Coast game. It's a double header for me. So, oh, <laughs> well, you focus on that. But maybe at some point. I mean, maybe in future years, it'd, it'd be mm. a great one for a preseason match. Um, where the stakes aren't really that high. But I could imagine us signing up to do this and then suddenly we're down by three goals to North Melbourne <laughs> and people have switched off the Dom and Mike yeah, chat because yeah, yeah. they, they're pretty angry and frustrated. Yep. Um, but look, maybe at one point we can, uh, we can give this a go. Imagine how many trial runs we'd have to do. There'd be a couple. Yeah. There would be a couple. Be. Uh, or maybe people would sign up 
just to experience the wildness and madness of it. Uh, but if, if you'd like to hear that, I reckon if I got like five messages from people saying I'd actually be interested in that, that'd be enough for me to go, why not? Let's give yeah, it a I'll shot. I just think about this. You would have to be the play-by-play. There is <laughs> no chance I'd be able to do that. All right, I'll I'm just, up for I'll, it. I'd just be the special comments. <laughs> just chiming in. <laughs> be exhausted by the end of it. Well, that sounds fun. Let's do it. Uh, Frank said, could Brisbane throw their hat into the ring for Bailey Smith? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think it's a position of great need. No, neither do I. Um, especially with Levi Ashcroft likely coming. I think midfield's fine. I think if you want to, if, if you were Dom Ambrosio at the moment and you're looking at your salary cap space and you're looking in the next five years, you are thinking Joe Danaher, Charlie Cameron. They're the two major holes that at some point in the next five years you would think they'll retire. Who knows? I mean, some key forwards go until 37. Yeah, yeah. They might not. Um, however, you'd think that they're likely to retire in the next five years and they're they're the sort of generationally hard to replace players. Um, I mean, maybe I think I did read the other day, Oscar Allen's a free agent at the end of next year. I mean, I know he's West Coast captain, so he's probably unlikely to leave or co-captain. But maybe if I had money to go after a big fish, I'd be looking at like an Oscar Allen to yeah, come in and I, replace I Joe or or maybe even a Tyson Stengel to replace Charlie in time. But, I mean, that's a bit soon because they're both – I still think they've, they've both got three-plus years in them. So do I. Yeah. So it's not urgent, but that is what I'd be saving my money for. And I think the midfield's going to be okay. Yeah, so do I. I'm with you because, yep. yeah, like you mentioned Levi Ashcroft there. We know that there's <laughs> there's Will Ashcroft to come back in yet. Like there's yes. there's a lot of growth. I mean, Hugh McCluggage is 25, 26, is he maybe? Yeah. Like he's not that old. Maybe Cam Rayner does get in there. We don't know. Maybe mm. Zach Bailey goes in there eventually. We don't know that either. There's probably a couple of guys. I mean, Dunkley. These guys are t- – Dunkley's 26, 27. Mm. Rayner's 24. Maybe the same for Bailey. Like, these are pretty young sort of early prime guys. Jasper so, may well end up in the middle. Jasper. Like, that's – God, I can't believe I didn't mention his name. Like, I think mm. you're right. There's enough there. And I actually think a couple of those guys – so, Hughes contractors coming up this year, and I'm I'm – confident he'll re-sign but that's going to take a chunk out of your salary cap and yes, i think a couple yes. of those guys we've just mentioned can you imagine will ashcroft if he mm. continues on the trajectory we think he will can you imagine what his next contract's going to be yeah same with jasper fletcher like you've got to keep a bit of space in your salary cap for that where you've got room i'd be looking at at the ford line and replacing totally that totally so agree that's my sense on things uh almost there now mike and nathan says um uh, talking about how stars and dunks both were going with a shaved head on thursday night is there any reason for that or is it just to help beat the heat in queensland um oh. jules apparently says that i don't know if this is true or not but jules is telling us that apparently dunks got a bad haircut and the buzz cut was the only way to fix it okay apparently i hadn't heard that but it it, it could <laughs> so, stand a reason. I've I, had that happen before. Not quite the buzz you, cut, but I've had a shocking haircut that I needed to go back and get a very short cut for them to fix up. Oh, yeah. I'm just <laughs> trying to picture you with short hair, a buzz cut. <laughs> I don't know. Not my go, I don't Look, think. Look, you right. know Stars is my favourite player. Mm. I'm not a fan of the hairdo. Yeah, okay. Nah. Yeah. All right. I don't, I don't rate it. Well, if he's still listening an I'm hour sure and 10 be. minutes into this episode, he's just turned off in dun- disgust. Dun- dunks it's okay on. Yeah. But- Nah, I'm not, not sure it works for either of them. I reckon totally. Stars could be a mullet guy. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I could see it. Just the fierceness in his eyes as he takes someone on in the in the, the back 50. Grow the mullet, Stars. Give it a go. Why not? A uh, couple more. Um, Matt is just alerting us to Todd Davey on Twitter. Now, do you know Todd Davey at all, Mike? I, I, 
I know of Todd, yes. Yeah, so Todd Davies been praised. But I know of Todd. He's been praised a bit widely lately for creating a list of footy phrases I that know. should be outlawed, including phrases like love the way he goes about it, up and about, saying a player loves a goal, brand DNA or system, taking the ball at its highest point, or gut running. <laughs> now, this is eerily familiar. It is. Todd Davies taking your thing. I'm look, I'm not blaming Todd for that. Mm. I not everyone's reading my Twitter. Todd, me and Todd do follow each other, actually. So, oh, no, no. <laughs> savage. That, that sounded worse than it was. No, it's, wow. It's, it's not at there all. There we go. But there's no reason for people to. I don't think my thoughts are totally original. Yeah. So I liked some of Todd's there. DNA. I don't think that's on my list. It mm. probably. I wouldn't say it should be because cracking the top ten is not easy. But DNA is one that does rat me. Yeah. It's in okay. his DNA. It's like I, I, I rated some of that. I like reading those lists, but and maybe it maybe Todd pitched his at the right time of the preseason. Mm. I did see it get a bit of broader coverage from other media outlets. So yeah. um no, hats off to Todd, I reckon. Well the one got that no dramas at all. You didn't list this one. Todd did. Which is describing a player as you know who, and I quite like that. Yeah, yeah. That, because that that Todd had some good ones. That does come up a lot. That you know, you, you'll. I think Kelly Underwood likes to use that one quite a bit. The ball gets out the back, and and you know, you'll hear the and you know who picks it up and runs into a goal. <laughs> that sort of a thing. No, I'm three quarters blind. <laughs> I don't know who. Tell me, please. <laughs> That's kind of your job. Yep. Well, okay. So, so there's no war between you and Todd Davy. You guys no, are, are no, okay. No, not at all. We're good. Yeah, okay. That's good to hear. No, I rate it. Well, there we go. Uh, And lastly, Camelon says, uh, did you watch the WWE Elimination Chamber in Perth? Imagine if the Gabba is rebuilt and they could hold something like that there. Uh, I have been to the WWE once when it was at the Brisbane Entertainment Centre. Have you? A decade ago. I got free tickets through radio. Uh, The radio station sent a bunch of people along. Not my scene. It's not mine either. (laughs) It's just not mate, mate, you're in front of me. You know, <laughs> you've been to one. Well, it was one of those things where I think we must have been the media partner and when I was at B105. Yeah. And so the whole office sort of got tickets and a whole bunch of us were going out. And I was like, well, the whole team's going. I'll, I'll give it a go. What an unusual – it was like <laughs> – It's never grabbed me. No, it's – it's. I mean, it, some people get so into this, just like we do about football. I mean, they yeah. might be on their podcasts going, mm. I went to see this Aussie Rules game. Some people get so into it. Mm. Maybe that's what they're saying. But I was watching this whole thing thinking like it's a fascinating element of the the – the human psychology that loves the staged nature of it, the drama, the narratives. It just, I don't quite connect with it. And I sort of admire those who do, but it's not my go. Yeah. You just see it as like a, I wonder if they just view it as uh, kind of like a real life soap opera. Yes. Yeah. 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 I I wonder with people that get, cause yeah, people that follow WWE are passionate. Obviously, if you're following uh, Mm. a a sport or is, is that how we, yeah. Characterise this a I sport. Think so. so if you're following oh, we, are, we a sport, might get some really angry right? messages yeah, here. Yeah. Well, I'm not meant to, not meaning to rile people up. But I wonder whether you are almost born into that, whether you're into that true, as when you're true. a kid. Or do you many people come to that in their late teens, early twenties? Like yeah, what's the predominant way of getting into that mm. sport? Yeah, it's because an it's, one. it's never really appealed. It's I, I got to admit, I've never been interested in sort of giving it a look. So I can't, I don't pot it because I've never really given it a go. Yeah, but I, it just doesn't interest me. And how are you going to feel if I tell you that that's how I feel about basketball? That's cool, mate. <laughs> Each to their own. <laughs> Steph Curry for life, but that's all right. 
<laughs> I guess everything's subjective in the end, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. If uh, you don't like it, we bring our own meaning. I just feel like if you don't like something, don't watch it. Yeah. That's why I don't understand why people get so riled up about other people on social media. If you mm. don't like them, don't follow them. <laughs> yeah, why well, get angry? <laughs> anyway, well, tangent. Look, let's uh, let's park things there for today, Mike, because you know all the the off season chat is is just about done now. We'll have Thursday night's game. We'll be back to to review that um, next week on the podcast. We're going to learn. A l- we're going to learn a bit on Thursday night. You went. You initially said a lot there. You've changed very quickly. Yeah. No, just because there's probably not a lot to learn, but True. there is some intricacies about Brisbane's makeup and how they're going to play that we'll learn. And I do feel a little bit like I've just rocked back from a holiday and it's Saturday afternoon and I start work Monday. We're going to yeah, have to snap into gear next we week. We are. It's time to go. We're going to have to get going quickly. So make sure you tune into the Raw Deal next week as uh, we get closer and closer and count down the days until the opening round match against Carlton. Uh, Thanks so much for riding through the preseason with us. Enjoy the one last dose of it we've all got on Thursday night. And then we'll see you here next week as the main action begins.